In 2021, Talk About It Outdoors partnered with an industry-leading brand that has stamped its name on the outdoor industry. Cruiser Saddles in itself stands on perfection, and with every climb we make, we elevate ourselves above the rest. In addition to a support to our hunting journey, the men and women behind Cruiser believe in the same principles of life as us. Faith, family, and the blessings of being better as they go in every sit. If your desire to pursue your passions one step ahead of the rest, go ahead and get in the best. Check them out on all the socials or head over to their website at www.cruiser.com. That's C-R-U-Z-R.com. And tell them to talk about it outdoors, boys, and Chasing Weekends sent you their way. The journey of life has a unique way of being able to create tried and true friendships as we go. In forming those relationships, oftentimes good things come to follow. Talk About It Outdoors is proudly supported by Cal Hardy of Arrowhead Land Company. Cal is the leading broker over Georgia and is happy to assist you with finding the place where you can call home. With vast knowledge and an understanding of the ever-evolving real estate market and a unique old-school approach to everything he does, he exemplifies what it means to treat others like you'd want to be treated. Don't settle for being just another number in a phone. Choose Cal Hardy for all your land, home, and commercial real estate needs and become a part of his family. We sure are blessed to have him as a part of ours. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, or give him a call at 770-296-2163. Step back to the times when a feed store was more than just that, and the people inside smiled with friendly faces and provided a place for a talk on life, as well as all your essential farm, livestock, and pet needs. Cherokee Feed the Seed located in Ball Ground, Georgia, with an additional location in Gainesville, are the hometown supplier of all your cattle, equine, and pet needs, with the added addition of being able to keep your deer herd healthy with protein and minerals. They also carry an assortment of hunting blinds and gear, and you can rest easy knowing the people that support local ball clubs and children's sports are who your hard-earned money is going to. The people here greet you with a handshake and a smile, and Cherokee Feed and Seed give more than just a product. They give you a welcome that'll make you return time and time again. Stop in next time you're in the area and tell them you're part of the Talk About It Outdoors family. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. 
Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. If you're in need of a processor this year, after you've made that great harvest on that giant buck you've been chasing, give North Georgia Deer Processing a call. Located at 1610 Arnold Spence Road in Ball Ground, Georgia, Tyler and his family are building something better than we could have ever dreamed to see them do, and we sure are proud to have them as a partner of ours. Give him a call at 770-883-9786 to take care of all your deer processing needs. You ever been riding down the road, seeing a piece of property that you couldn't live without, or maybe just wanted to sell your own land? Give our boy Cal Hardy with Whitetail Properties a call, 770-296-2163, day or night, or check him out on Facebook. Are you in need of forestry mulching, tree services, hauling, grading, and excavation in the southeast? Well, give our buddy Logan Severa a call with LRS Land Services. You can head over to Facebook, Instagram, and check out his work, or give him a call at 404-889-1105. Stop putting off clearing that back for you, and give our boy a call. You ready, Nick? Kick it, son. Everybody talk about it outdoors live in the Cruiser Saddle Studio. Boys, we got a full house and full bellies. We're going to eat some deer from 2022 and a big old roast. Nicholas, I cannot wait to get this one underway. It's going to tell all about what it takes to be a deer hunter, or what we think anyway. Y'all pull up a chair and sit a while. It's going to be a fun one. Nicholas, I don't think I've ever eat deer that fast from harvest in my life. Maybe a heart, maybe a tenderloiner piece, but I don't think I've ever had a meal cooked that good that quick from a deer. It was a great meal, man. I could I could probably honestly just go on back home, get on a recliner, but <laughs> we got to drop one. Well, the Braves, how'd they do today? They lose. It was close. They, they got it close right there in the ninth. It was six, uh, seven to six. They Phillies took game one, but. Well, deer season's now underway. We've had some great episodes, great talks, great hunts, great things going on in 2022. You brought some video over, showed it to us tonight, what you're working on for the next year. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how that transpires. Um, and according to Mr. Watson, our esteemed colleague, uh, the rut's on in Macedonia is what he's been telling us. The rut is on, 100%. son. You better be getting your stuff out right now. What, what eludes Mr. Watson to believe that the rut is on? I'll let him speak for that. Let's just back up. I... That was impartial a joke, but I will say this hundred percent. I took it was a video. not a joke. <laughs> it was hundred percent a joke. He was excited. I was excited. I come out of the house. There's two bucks. 
nose down, stretched out, pushing some does through some thick stuff, stopped, made a little scrape, does left, they got back on the trail. Hey. You, I, you called me like it was November 11th in the Midwest. Oh, my God. I just seen a monster. He was over there fighting. They, they're a dog and a doe. They got her pushed up in the brush pile. Seven bucks. Seven. Lock, locked down already. They're locked down. Yep. Locked down. No wonder I ain't seeing no deer. They're locked down. <laughs> Leaves are in the scrapes. There wasn't nobody. Plan plan plan. <laughs> nobody would exaggerate, would they, here? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you <laughs> yeah, you did. You throwed exaggeration to the moon hey, on I that one. Video. I did. I saw it, and I seen a deer eating along. A lone doe come running by. Oh, <laughs> oh, a doe run from behind the buck. The doe passes the buck, and the buck looks, and he runs over there and checks. You know, the rut's on. Hey. You know, ain't it? But it, we we joke about that. It's crazy how. Uh, a picture of a deer being chased or a uh, two bucks fighting. That is the first thing that comes to mind the ruts on. That's It'll part, send people into spiral. They'll they'll sacrifice a lot building their job to go to go chase it if somebody says the ruts on. Well I won't never I won't never say that it's not I don't think it's never gonna be rut, but I always do think that those deer in activity, just like um who was it Bradley Cohen said, once those deer lose their velvet, they're constantly seeking out. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that they're rutting. They're just interested. Well, that's I, what I think. I, I've, I've woke up many a time in my younger days to just see a lady walk by before I was a married man say, oh, look at that. Look, interested. Yeah. Now, I might not have been in rut per se, but yeah, I'm going to check her out as she walks stay by. in rut. Yeah. My ne- next day swell. But I can tell you what, it is an interesting topic, and we're going to get into that tonight in what dictates the rut. Because tonight's episode, this is going to be a little bit different. We've went 137 episodes in to talk about it outdoors and we've never really took the time to do something that I think will help a lot of people. Tips, tactics, tricks have came about in anything that we've done. But for once, I want us to go from beginning to end and discuss what your thoughts are when someone says, I want to be a deer hunter. So we're going to title this episode, So You Want to Be a Deer Hunter. And I'm going to start right off the rip, Nick, and... If someone comes to you, and I want to go around the table and ask you know everyone this, someone comes to you and they say, I would like to go deer hunting. What's your first thoughts? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear that? I mean, I would probably just, you know, I'd probably want to know how old they were at first to see if they had somebody to be able to take them. Um, if they're a younger hunter, I would ask them if they had anybody in their family to take them. Um, if they're, if they, if they wasn't, then I would see how serious they wanted to be about it and see what their options were. If they're wanting to hunt some public land or how much knowledge they actually had in it before I started asking a lot of questions. Cody. Tell your wife to, uh, get ready. You about to spend a lot of money. (laughs) No, I I, I think like Nick said, if they're a later onset hunter, um, figuring out how, how dedicated they will really want to be. If they just want to kick around in the woods and, um, my first piece of advice. Not advice. Okay. I just want to know what you feel yes, like. Well, that's what I would. That's what I feel like. You All know, right. Just... How about you, Tyler? Uh, <clears throat> mine would probably be about the same as Cody and Nick's. You know, if you're a new hunter, find a mentor. Find somebody that you know can take you and show you, and help you out. Okay. Not advice. I just want to know what your thought is, and that yeah. and that's fine enough. Here is the last of the mix and i hope he says something different than what somebody else says caleb throw it out there what do you think so you're asking the question is if a young kid wanted to i'm not a young kid any human being in this world ask you 
I want to be a deer hunter, or they tell you, I want to be a deer hunter, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Do you have land to hunt on? That's the first question. Usually I'll ask them, do you got land to hunt on? <laughs> and and then, Caleb's asking, do it probably like I am. Well, yeah. I'll probably go hunt with you where that <laughs> yeah. land at. That might so be you, somewhere good. So you find out if they got land to hunt on, then you see how interested they really are, and then you say, okay, well, if you ain't got nobody to go with you, then I can come with you and take you and show you the ropes and what to do. So that's what I do. The reason I ask this question is I, I don't know if anyone else feels like this, and and – for me, it, it's always it's a catch twenty two when someone asks me that question or they tell me they want to be a deer hunter because I immediately go into a backpedaling state, and I, I know that's bad to say, but I immediately I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to train somebody else how to deer hunt. That and it's it may be yeah, bad to say no, that, but I immediately go into my head and I say, ah, they're gonna ask you know a thousand questions and they're gonna want to go hunting with me because how many times do we get asked? Will you take me deer hunting? Oh, yeah. As a deer hunter, how many oh, yeah. times have you been asked? I want to go hunting. Will you take me sometime? Oh, yeah, a lot. Yeah. How does it make you feel when someone asks you that? You're like, it's almost not a burden. That's not the right word. It is a like, burden. Yeah, you're just a little take. You're like, golly, I'm, I'm focused on me. I don't want to. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So selfishness yeah, as a deer is. hunter, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're, we're kind of a yeah. selfish bunch, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. the reason why I always ask about the property because I would rather take somebody to their property and let them kill a deer on their own property versus coming to killing the buck that I've been chasing, putting the time in. No, and, and there's no so. right or wrong answer here, and, and, and I wanted to bring up the discussion for the very reason. I thought about that today and how many times I've been asked, whether it's on social media, whether it's on uh, at dinner, at lunch, at a family gathering, whatever it may be, somebody's always asking Hey, won't you take me hunting? Won't you take me here? Won't you take me there? And I say this, and, and and I'm not trying to point any fingers at anyone other than myself, that I need to do a better job of kind of taking that as not a insult, but a compliment. You know, hey, they've seen something that I've done, and they want to be successful. And it's so what narrative do we drive to how to be successful in those conversations? And that's kind of why I wanted to do this show tonight this way. So people that may or may not want to get involved in hunting can take this as something to teach them something. So, Nick, what do you think on that? <laughs> I mean, I think it's – I mean, I understand where you're coming from on that, you know, as far as taking it. But, I think again, I think you have to size up who's asking you that question. You know, right. just like that – just like that gentleman or that little boy we had to run in over in Alabama. If that boy lived closer, we'd probably all be inviting him over to go hunting with us, you know, if it, if it worked out. But, you know – it's different if, if it's a 35, 45-year-old man asking you for the first time. Then you're going to try to teach him. But then and then again, you have to you have to go through the whole thing of going, well, we got to find somewhere to go. We necessarily can't take you to my property because we may have restrictions, you know, in certain places. So going through that whole spill with them, they have to understand. Um, and then I always – and it goes back to anything, not just hunting or working or anything like that. I want to see how vested someone is before I put all my time into it. I'm not going to put a bunch of time into it if they're not vested, you know. And um, So you think it's easier for a child to get into hunting than it would be for an adult onset hunter? I would think so, yeah, because a child's going to do what – they're going to reflect off what you do more than an adult is. I feel like an adult can learn something, but they're also going to set their ways a lot quicker than a than a child would. All right, well, that's, you know, exactly what I wanted to hear because I I get asked a lot, you know, there's people that I'll run into at work or out in the real world. They've never had any kind of outdoor experience. They want to experience it for the first time. 
And what can we do better as outdoorsmen to introduce more adults to it? There's grown folks that grew up in a subdivision. I thought about this the other day. Spent most of their life, if not all of their life, in a 10 by 10 yard, playing catch in the backyard. They may have a 20 by 30 in the backyard. May have a little bit bigger space back there. But they never get to leave that pavement or that concrete or out of sight of that asphalt. They're always in the view of it from the time they're born, Mm -hmm. from the time they die. They go to work. They go to the grocery store. They might go catch a movie, dinner, whatever. They go home. So they're locked into their world. But they're taking the time to ask, well, I really want to do it. And I love what you said there, Nick, with how vested are they in the interest? Is it really something they want to do? Well, I would ask, and, I, and I'm talking to myself in, in a lot of this, I would ask, what do you want to be in the outdoors? What is it that you want to do? Do you just want to go kill a deer? Well, if that's the case, I'm not going to put any time into it. I really don't care if someone just wants to harvest an animal. That's not that's not the whole scope of it. Is it camping? Uh, is it the, the, the camaraderie? And more often times than not, I think that people see uh, us sitting around a campfire or something as a chance to you know spend time with their friends. So maybe they want to spend time with you. And I love that you said that with what is their vested interest in it and what do they want to get out of it. So... Maybe that's where we start the conversation and you base it there. What is your vested interest? And what is the right thing or the wrong thing to say to someone that you're interested in getting hunting with? So I'll ask that question. What is the right thing to ask or the right question in your mind, first and foremost, to ask if you're interested in becoming a hunter? That's a tough one. I'm getting tired of getting put on the spot here, folks. Well, it doesn't have to be you. Um, I'm speaking to everybody. (laughs) I don't know if anything just comes to mind um for me the first and foremost thing that i'm going to ask somebody is why why do you want to be an outdoorsman why do you want to do that their answer can be a multitude of things it doesn't have to be a singular answer that's going to resonate with me and make it stick out in my mind they could say well i saw some videos that you guys posted and it looked like a lot of fun what looked fun to you about it well you guys were sitting around camp and y'all really seemed like a brotherhood that's the kind of conversation that I think an outdoorsman wants to hear. Not, well, I seen you knock down that big old buck and I want one of them hanging on my wall. Well, okay, cool. Good luck to you. You know, and maybe you can listen to a show and maybe you can hear something and get some advice out of that. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing. I'm just saying that's my opinion on it. So, yeah, I, I think, I think first and foremost, figure out if it's a passion driven thing or if it's a, um, ego driven thing mm-hmm. and, and, branch your conversation off of that being what it may, you know, find out, like you said, whether it's something that they've developed passion for and they just don't have anybody to take them. Or if it is, I want to build my ego as this outdoorsman and, you know. You want the right people in the outdoors. Absolutely. You don't want to introduce the wrong person to the outdoors. And I'm not saying that anyone's right or wrong in their opinion. I'm talking on my narrative. I'm speaking directly for myself. Mm -hmm. So I think they, I think we need to open that door to anybody that wants to go with us. So if, and, and, it, and it doesn't have to be if they, they may say, I want to go out and kill a deer. That, that may not be what they mean, but that may be what they say to fit in. They may mean, Hey, I want to go with you and hang out for the weekend, but I want to kill a deer. They may not, they may not understand the lingo that me and you use, you know, but that's why I'm doing this show. That's why I want to do this show is to teach the people that are interested in getting into the outdoors how they can have that conversation with someone that they may know in the outdoors. I want them to understand that the, they say certain things to an outdoorsman, just like you say certain things to a football player or an auto mechanic or a plumber, 
and he's going to hear that and look at you like you're crazy. And I want people to be able to listen to this show and this episode and understand when they're having that conversation, what questions do I ask? How do I make this person want me to be, you know, take me and take a vested interest in my idea? That's that's why I kind of want to ask these questions. And there's no right or wrong answer in any of this. It's all about if you hear something that's different than what I'm hearing. And I love the fact you brought up the ego thing. A lot of people look at it as, well, I, I killed a deer. I'm going to look at it as a macho man. Well, there's there's uh, men, there's women, there's children that are in the outdoors that it's not an ego-driven thing. Some people, of course, are. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, whether it's right or wrong, that's, that happens in our industry. But if you're a new individual wanting to get in, generally in our neck of the woods, you're going to speak to somebody who's been in the woods for probably their whole life. If they grew up around us, they may not be doing it now, but they probably know someone in their family that's been a part of the outdoors for a long time. So I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to go down the pathway here of we're teaching someone that wants to get into the outdoors, what questions do you ask? What can I do to get into the outdoors? So you want to be a deer hunter. Fair enough? Yeah. And I and I think, too, on the, on the other side of the coin of that, Alex, though, when we've got a Keep in mind, because like we said, we get taken back and we get a little, you know, backpedally when people ask. We've got to understand that if they are truly interested in the outdoors, they're probably very uneducated about the outdoors and and don't know what it means to us or to the outdoor. So we've got to have that mindset of not such as a, a backpedal, but the 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 eagerness to teach and provide them with information of why. That's what I'm saying. They need to ask that question. So if you're an adult onset hunter or anyone that wants to get into the outdoors, that's what they need to understand. I think that would also go back to us doing our YouTube channel. It would, I would guarantee you if if there was a hunter that was between, let's say between the age of 10 and 50 years old, the first place he's going to load, if he wants to be, get into hunting, he's probably going to go to YouTube and he's going to start watching videos and he's going to start learning on there. He's going to, do this or get this tactic off of there. And I think that's where people, small YouTube video makers like ourselves or anybody else, things, that, the hardship that we've been through, we can teach people on there because there's companies out there that don't do that, that are, they don't have to do that. They got a bigger voice. They don't have to worry about yeah, getting new they're, people in. They're shooting big deer. They're going to places. They're getting, you know, groomed to come to these places where we could be the stewards on that side of it for them to watch it then they i think then where people find out about a podcast later where they can come on here and get other people's ideas and keep coming in where we share what we've learned along the way because we've made countless mistakes and we're going to continue to grow on those and if we keep putting those into footage just like the saddle video we just put out we've had several people reach out and said that they learned something just from watching that well if we put a video out it's no different than us starting this podcast if one person finds grace in it and then we put a video out and it helps three people and we get 150 people to watch it. We've helped somebody. That's right. And that's, and that's the whole point of, of all of this, I think. So we've, we've established a, a solid conversation with that individual. You, you've told them that you're passionate about learning and you've spoken on why you give them a reason why we can all agree. That's, mm-hmm. that's, you're giving them a valid reason why in a respectful manner to understand why you want to get into the outdoors. You want to be open to learning i don't want to go to somebody i don't want someone to come to me and say yeah i just want to go kill a deer why do you want to kill a deer explain yourself to them explain to that individual what in your life changed or happened 
to make you want to be a part of the outdoors. Explain that to them. Moving on to the next part. What's the first step, in your opinion, to becoming a hunter? What's the what's the one step right out of the gate that, that that somebody needs to do? Child, adult, whatever that they need to do. The safety of hunter, hunter safety, safety course. Safety, yeah. Go and go and take it. Every yeah. state in the United States, most of them require you to have yeah. it. If not all, I'm not, we haven't hunted yeah. all the states, but most states require you to get a hunter safety course. Go take one. Mm-hmm. Safety first and foremost, above everything, needs to be. You all want to make it home to our families. You're in the woods with other hunters that may be educated, and there is so many freak accidents. I mean, I sent y'all that link today. What happened to you in Idaho with the broadhead on your knee? That happened to a guy, and it cut him so bad he had to be airlifted out of there. Mm -hmm. So make sure you go and take a hunter safety course. Now, you might ask where you can do that. You go to Go Hunt Georgia or the app on there. They have all these educational classes you can take. It's an online course now. It's not when we were coming up. What year did you – do you remember taking it? Ninety-four. I remember taking mine. I don't remember. I've still year. got my my same card. Jason Nelms. Mine was in honest. mine was in October of nineteen ninety six, I believe. I took it at uh, Rip Masters. Gave it. It was down at uh, the the Game of Fish in Canton. Me and Derek went down there and took it together. I did mine across from the uh, bargain barn up there at that EMC. That's where I done mine. Yeah. There's I one. went down there to Game of Fish. They had it right down there. Mark's probably the oldest one in the room. He might remember where he's at, where he was at when he done his. Down there at the Game of Fish, fish. yeah. Yeah. It was probably Rip Masters that done it. Uh, Oh, (laughs) that was back way back when. Well, and I think that that, you know, that has changed a lot with technology. You don't have to go to a place and take a class and and sit through a two-day course or whatever it may be. Um, You have to go and do it online you you and i don't even know now i think caden would have been the last one to in the room to have done it so did he get to take his test at home yeah he did everything online so when jessica got hers me and uh doug Harmon took jake and jessica down to cartersville you did an online class and then you had to go we took them to cartersville and dropped them off down there and they did it, it was at the state patrol headquarters they did a test at a certain date, and you signed up for it, and they went in and done it. So it's all online now. So ease of use there. There's no excuse for you not to get your hunter safety course. Fair right. enough? Fair. All right. Now I've got my hunter safety course. What is my next move in getting into the outdoors? Mm, I don't know where, I you, think, want, I I don't know where think, you want to go. Go wherever you want. That's open dialogue. What is your thought on where do you go? I think before you even get into the the, the gear and, and all that stuff, I think you've got to develop a new sense of patience. Really, really know that being in the outdoors is going to require you to really change the way you look at things and the way you um, carry yourself. And, and just that was one of my notes I wrote down is develop a new sense of patience. I agree. I agree with that. I think you develop that later on. Though, because I think that's those are hard lessons learned. Well, I don't think you it, I, and develop might not be the right words, but maybe um, patience is good, something good to remember. Yes, but, but being a new hunter, you're not going to learn patience until you've already been tested through that patience. Yeah. And, so yeah, but get I mean, ready to test your patience. Yeah, and, right. and and again, I think we're probably probably basing most of this off of deer hunting. 
I would well, say. I, yeah, we'll yeah, just yeah, say deer yeah, hunting because yeah. that's that's the main yeah, focus that yeah. most people. It's the most chased big game animal in the yeah, United States. Yeah. I mean, I would say we'll most, just talk deer hunting. Yeah, I'd say most people deer hunting. So I think once you got your hunter safety system, and again, an age barrier there. If you're old enough to drive and hunt on your own, I would say where where you where are you going to hunt at? Where's your where's your place to hunt? Do you have a lease? Are you going to hunt public land? How mindful are you going to be? Are you checking your game and regulations? From that point on, to see if those, if you can even hunt that public land, or if it's a draw system, and, and going from there, Re- read your regulations. Okay, so we're we're past we're and you're going down the pathway that I wanted to go. So your regulations book, study it, yeah. learn where you can and cannot hunt. Mm-hmm. But somebody said earlier, find a mentor. Okay, so it, let's just say you either find a mentor to take you hunting or teach you about hunting, whether that's on YouTube. You can be mentored by a YouTube video. 100%. You can be mentored by a podcast. You can learn stuff by listening to those shows on what you can and cannot do. But what you can't do is develop a relationship with somebody through a podcast. You can reach out to us for questions. We're more than open. We've always said that. We'll answer any question that we can about it. But let's say you can't find a mentor. All right. You you have nobody personable to meet, whether you've met them at church, whether you've met them at you know, a school function with for your kids, whether it's a friend you've reached out to, whatever. You can't find a mentor. You're going to have to develop your own sense of the outdoors. Go spend time in the woods. Don't worry about the hunting. Go spend time in the woods. There's plenty of off-season. Our deer season is four months of a 12-month calendar year. Mm -hmm. Go spend time in the outdoors. Go to a national forest and walk around. You can walk anywhere you want to as long as it's out of season. Make sure you read the regulations. There are certain places you can't go walk, but go study the outdoors. Learn about what you're going after. If you're going deer hunting, go where deer live. Deer don't live in the arcade, okay? Deer living in the woods. Go spend time in the woods. The next question, and I've been asked this before, is, where do you go into uh, deciding whether or not you want to hunt with a gun or a bow? And, and there's a lot of people out there that have never picked a bow up in their life. They're probably never going to pick up a bow in their life. They like to gun hunt. We're exhausted the benefit of Georgia having one of the longest gun seasons in the United States. Our rifle season opens the third weekend in October. It closes the second weekend in January. That is longer. I don't know of anywhere else that has one that long. Maybe South Carolina. I think they open in August and run all the way through the year. Mm -hmm. But wherever it takes you as far as what weapon you're going to use, you need to make sure that you're proficient with that weapon before you ever take it to the woods. If you're going to gun hunt, you need to make sure you understand the functionality of that gun, the safety features. You should have learned most of that in the beginning of this. If you've never handled a gun, you need to learn how to use it safely. And it's not about discharge and, and where you're putting it and where you're aiming and et cetera. You need to learn, if I'm shooting beyond a target, where am I at? Be mindful of all of that stuff, and you need to learn the safety aspect. And we could talk for hours on on the safety side of it, but... Learn the safety of whatever weapon you're going to use. I mean, I I think if you're if, even if you're a new hunter and and you were and you were in your 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s and you had never been hunting before, I think you should hunt with someone. You know, if you have a mentor side by side with them as long as you can, and and no different than being a, at work until that person that you hunt with feels comfortable enough to feel like that you're out on your own, you know, with your gun safety or your bow safety or anything like that of course that may sound silly that a grown man go hunt with another grown man but you don't know who's walking around out there in these woods nowadays you got hikers up here in the north georgia mountains you got hikers down south you got people just you know unfortunately that uh, 
the areas that we used to hunt and continue to hunt are getting closed in on with houses mm-hmm. and you don't know what's right over the hill, especially, you know, gun season's right around the corner from us. It's still green and those leaves fall off and you're like, Oh crap, there's a house right over here on the other side of that hill. I didn't know about. So learning things like that, using maps, learning how mm-hmm. to, you know, use maps and, and, uh, direction and compass. And even, you know, now we don't really need a compass with our phones and stuff right. like that, but Learning, learning those maps and figuring out how to how to get out of certain situations if something did happen. I Survival stuff. And and don't worry. I think that a lot of times with the, the nature of the business that we're in, you watch a video, whether it's put out by any one of the big names out there, you feel like that you immediately have to go out and buy the most expensive gun, the expensive gear. You have to have... The, this type of stand, you have to have this that type guy. of bag. <laughs> that guy's been hunting for his whole life, though, so he's kind of developed his own system there. But don't feel like just because Cody's wearing Sitka that you have to go and buy Sitka at your first hunt. That doesn't have to be your purchase because, first and foremost, Cody made a great point there. Your wife is going to hate seeing that truck pull up and see that credit card bill. Well, I think that's where... And I, and I don't watch them all the time, so y'all could probably speak to it a lot more than I can. But I think that's where the hunting public has probably came into play for a lot of guys. You know, you can just – you don't have to – you don't have to do all that fancy stuff to kill a deer, and you don't no. have to go out and kill the biggest deer. You go in there, and you can hunt from the ground or hunt with grandpa's camouflage on or whatever you want to do and still get it done. You know, you just have to be smart about it, and, and, you'll, and you'll, you'll learn those hard lessons throughout the time if, it, if you're hunting the wrong wind or – you know anything like that i don't even think you worry about all of that when you're first getting into the woods Mm -mm. for sure you know and Mm -mm. you talked about patience in the beginning throw patience to the wind just go just get out in the woods and understand you've got to learn what these things do in their environment you're gonna go in on the wrong wind you're gonna go in uh, to the wrong spot you're gonna learn bedding you're gonna learn all of that and that's just a time thing. And you mm-hmm. can learn from listening to shows. We you, you could watch Don talk about bedding areas. You could watch Jared and the guys at Midwest Whitetail talk about this. You could watch anybody at Realtree talk about that. All of that's tips and tactics you put in your bag. But the biggest thing that I want to talk about tonight is what gets you out there and what keeps you going. Well, I watched a video the other night, a guy on YouTube, and he's an he's an adult onset hunter and he's just getting started. And he went out and and he he had hunted. I think he said he was on his sixtieth or seventieth set without harvesting a deer. He had missed a few. He had you know had opportunities. Blah blah blah. Whatever. But he said the biggest thing that he regretted doing early on was try to do what everyone else was doing. You got to develop your own style. Mm-hmm. What works for Nick isn't going to work for Cody. What Tyler's doing, I'm not going to do. Caleb may do something different than Mark. We've all got our different ideas about what we're being successful at. Just get out in the outdoors and learn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we all hunt different. Um, so I've I've spent a couple of years in the outdoors. Now I'm I'm you know I'm kind of learning what's going on. I haven't been very successful. Um, I want to I want to go into maybe trying to get on a lease what would be your your opinion uh or where to start looking for a deer lease at boy those are hard nowadays they not as they used to be a lot easier but you know i've hunted enough public land i've yeah. ran into enough people now I want to get into a lease what where's somewhere in your opinion anybody's well there i mean buddies church for, yeah friends work wherever 
Facebook. Start asking. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, all, there's all hunting time. leases now. Base camp. G O N. The G O N Outdoor yeah, Forum. Kentucky Georgia. Hunting Forum. You can find any of these forums online. They're, Facebook and, and the social medias are great, mm-hmm. but there's all kinds of forums that still exist that were there for years yep. before any of the social media was. Go check them out. There's all the time posts looking for a member. And don't think you have to go to to you know another state. Stay at home in Georgia. There's plenty of leases in Georgia that you can go to. Not negating the fact that we have amazing public land, but you can go and hunt one of these leases. Get into the draw hunts. Put in for those. I saw that Osceola Island uh, hunt. I guess it took place here in the last little bit. As a guy knocked down two bucks on it, and I think you can kill, I don't know how many deer you can kill on that jugger, but he knocked down a eight-pointer and a little six-pointer on there as bonus bucks. It didn't even count against his tags. Mm-hmm. He got drawed for it, and he went, and he was successful at it. Yep. So open yourself to all opportunities. Don't just look at a lease, but if you're interested in getting on a lease, check out all those outlets there. Mm-hmm. Fair enough? Fair. All right. Next question. Now, we've I'm, I've got myself into a lease. I want to start. I want to start being a, a a mobile hunter. I hear the mobile game strong now. I want to bounce around on this property. Where do you start with that? Talk about it outdoors. YouTube channel. What are they running over there? Little <laughs> <laughs> cruiser saddles. <laughs> what would you have done differently had you had that saddle ten years ago? What would I have done different with that saddle? Well, I can tell you what I'd have done. Well, tell me. Not carried a 22-pound 20, <laughs> stand back in the back of Chattahoochee National Forest about four miles. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, We've I mean, talked time and time again. Yeah. Those stands are heavy. So we're learning now. Yeah, we're learning exactly. that all right, there is alternate methods other than a climber, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. There wasn't when we were coming up. No. I'm, that we knew that of. We knew they were of, there, yeah. but we didn't know about them. That was at our disposal, for sure. So we're learning now. All right, we're learning. I can be mobile with a saddle set up. I want to buy a saddle. What do I do? Cruiser.com. Okay, there you go. Forums. I mean, there's read, saddle. Read. I mean, there's a thousand videos on YouTube. There's a thousand videos on TikTok of people trying them and doing them. And, and until you just go get in one, though, until you practice one, Again, it goes back to the thing. Patience, patience, patience. Whatever you get in. I don't care if you're hanging a lock on or if you're hanging a saddle or you're hanging a summit or you're hanging you're gonna hunt out of a ladder stand or ground blind. You're gonna have to be patient with it and learn that thing. It can be a something something as simple as a ground blind. If you don't brush it in the right way, the deer's not gonna come near it near it. I mean that's that's as simple mm-hmm. as it is. I love it. I love it. And that's exactly the kind of conversation I want this to elicit and and, and bring up. If you're interested, now I'm going to go ahead and plug this in, and I, I made a post and I tagged you in it. If you're interested in getting into a saddle and you're on the fence and you're located in the North Georgia area, reach out to us. We are more than happy to tell you when we will be here at the studio. You can come and meet with us. You can set in on an episode. You can grab one of our saddles. Uh, Nick, you're running the number two, right? Well, three. So you're a three. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got a three, a two, and a one all in our disposal. Yep. We'll get somebody here, and we'll get you in a saddle. We'll let you try it out. You can stand out here in the yard. I'm more than happy to let somebody stand out here on a tree two foot off the ground and try it out. I put a guy in one on Friday. Right, there you go. I mean, we had we – had, uh, People Nate. don't know because they haven't been in that situation, you know. And that, that, that not, not, just a, not just a saddle. I mean, you know, they're one of our leading guys over here, but we, we want to be able to help anybody if they need help with – hanging a lock on or a climber, what makes it more efficient for you guys to do that? You know, that, th- all those questions are open. But I, like I said, the old saying goes back to, you're not going to learn this stuff and you're not going to be comfortable in it and, and, or be a better deer hunter, a better fisherman until you get out there and learn, learn hard lessons in it. 
That's right. And and we talked earlier about mentors. I'm opening the door for an opportunity. If you want to have a conversation with us, it's it's your own fault if you don't reach out to us because any one of us will be more than happy to talk for 30, 45 minutes on how you how I think you can hunt this deer or how I think you can be better at this property. But take it all the way back. Why can't we open the door to people wanting to come and try a saddle? You made mention of a lock-on. There's people that are just not going to lock hunting out of a saddle. It's not for everyone, okay? Yeah, absolutely. If you need help learning how to uh, hang a lock-on, man, this thing's taking me an hour to hang on the tree. I promise you, I've been that guy. I have been that guy standing at the top of a tree 16, 18 foot up trying to hang a lock-on and struggling. I've changed the way I do things because I've learned patience. I've learned trial and error. I've learned how to do all that stuff. So come and see me. Reach out. I'm more than happy to talk to anyone about it. I'm going to tell you what I use. I'm going to tell you what you should use. Josh Underwood was here yesterday. He came by. We talked for, well, he was here Sunday. Came by. We talked for, uh, gosh, a couple of hours on stands. We looked online at different stands that he wanted to buy. I've got my system that I like to use. It did not fit what Josh needed. Josh didn't need to go and buy a Lone Wolf custom gear set. So guess what I did? I went out there. We went online. We looked on the computer. We found him a set. He is going to use his system for him, and he's going to have to learn that system for him. That's the story that we get to tell, though, because we don't have to push. We're not We're not product pushers. I'm going to use what I use. You're going to use what you use, and we're going to tell this is why I use this. But it's not going to fit in everyone's portfolio as far as affording right. it. It's not going to fit into what anybody wants to use. I like to wear Under Armour camo. Cody likes to wear Sitka. Nick's a mossy oak guy. Caleb may wear something else. It's all about what we like and what we want to use. It's okay to be different. You can use whatever you want. You don't have to have that stuff to be successful. And I think a lot of times people think, well, these guys are using it. I've got to use that to be successful. Ain't eh, wrong. No. It's what we like to use, and we find it beneficial for us. But I can tell you, if you're not in the if you're you not in a cruiser saddle, you're falling behind. <laughs> you kill one fifty is not Sitka stuff, though. That's what I've heard. You miss them too. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, my. Well, there's a lot of guys killing one fifties in Sitka, but there's also guys killing one fifties in flannel shirts too. Smoking so. cigarettes. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm here too. Look like a teepee going right up across the ridge. Um. All right, so we've we've opened the door to anyone that wants to come and learn about saddles, if we can help you out with that. Let's start down the pathway of what I asked earlier, and, and, and I want to start with Tyler on this. Um, Tyler, what is some tips? Just give me three tips that first come to mind as a, as a deer hunter. What can make me a better deer hunter? First thing I would say is learning deer sign, learning how to read deer sign. You know, just walk in the woods. Um, it's pretty easy to see, you know, a deer trail, rub, scrapes, anything like that. So that's where I would do do first is learn deer sign. The second thing I would say is learn the lay of the land. You know, look at like hunt stand or something like that um, and really learn how the land lays and use that to your advantage. Um, the third thing I would say is for me would be scent. You know, make sure you're as scent free as possible. Okay. Right, that it? Yeah, <laughs> that's your top three. That would probably be my top three. Okay, Caleb, I'm gonna go to you now. I want to see what your thoughts are. What's your top three things that you could say uh, as as a tip? I want you to share your top three tips for someone. I would say definitely have patience while you're hunting. 
always taking your surroundings because you never know. You might be there tomorrow. You might not. So taking your surroundings, like, like Tyler said, look for sign, scrapes, pod spots, stuff like that. Figure out the best way to hunt that piece of property with the winds in your favor. Uh, I would definitely look at that to see about the wind. And then I'd always also see every time I hunt, I always try to figure out where the sun's coming up, where the deer's at, where they're coming out at. That way the sun's not shining right down in my face when I'm trying to look to make a shot on the animal. Okay. Mr. Watson. I think first and foremost, Nick touched on this a little bit ago uh, briefly, but it's so easy now. There's so many apps out there. I, I say find an app that you like where you can really focus on learning the land, as, but in a broader aspect of really seeing where the house is at, where the drainage is at, where, how everything lays, the topo, all that. I think that's a very important tip, tool to use that we all use every day looking at, at new property and stuff and even property you've been hunting for years. Um, secondly, I say, and it's probably one of the most important tips is above all else, but above deer movement and everything is, is practice safety. Like we talked about, it's, it's very easy to be safe. Um, and, and, and take the time and learn how to be, do things safely so that you can enjoy another sunrise, so to speak. And then, the last thing I think that's important um, is don't get discouraged. Like you said, if if you go, I mean, it's you know as well as I do, you may hunt 10 times in North Georgia. You may see deer two of those times. Don't get discouraged. You know, maybe learn from, learn from what you're doing and, and make adjustments, but definitely don't get discouraged or you'll just, you'll end up just giving up. So. Those are my, I don't know about top three, but they're, I mean, that's three tips. What you got, Nick? All those are great. Um, I probably would have said, probably would have said most of those. Um, so I'm going to think outside the box here a little bit from something else. If you're a new hunter and you're, let's say you're hunting, I'll start with public land first. If you're a new hunter, be mindful of people that maybe beat you there. Or then um, this kind of goes, probably, it's probably more for turkey hunters than anything, but if if you were hunting there yesterday and and Joe Blow down the street beats you there today, guess what? That's too bad. That's a public land. That's a place you chose to hunt. You let that guy go do his thing. That turkey or that deer that you're hunting does not have your name on it. You don't have a tag around it, so that you cannot claim those deer. If somebody else kills it, be happy for them, but just be mindful for them. Same thing with a lease. If you're in a lease, figure out where everybody's hunting at. You know. Figure out your rules and whatever your rules are for the club and don't go step on nobody else's toes. To You don't want to be the bad guy around camp. Um, number two, I would probably say um, don't litter. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Uh, no, it is. Uh, pick up pick up as you, you know, and I used to not do this, but I, the more the more I've grown old, I, I, I find myself doing it. If I We hunted some public land in Georgia this past year and I bet I walked out of there with a 12-pack of beer cans, and I would have been the first one. I know I said on the thing, I would have been the first one to throw one out, but I was picking this, picking that stuff up. So, um, you know, just be mindful and clean up after yourself if you go camping or something like that, and um, be willing to help one another out if you're at a camp. And, um, man, I had another good one. Should have wrote it down. I know. I was, no, I had it come to my mind just a second ago, but you can tell you're three, and I'll, maybe I'll come back to me. 
first and foremost, put the damn phone down. Get off the phone. Social media will be there when you get out of the woods. Put it down. You're there to hunt, and you will miss the opportunity of a lifetime scrolling on your phone. Put it down. Get it out of your hands. Put it in your bag. Keep it close enough that if an emergency happens, put it in your pocket in case you would slip, fall, whatever. Heard a recent uh, story. We've talked about it a couple times. A guy got hung in a stand, couldn't get to his phone. Keep it close enough where you're safely you know, performing everything, but don't be scrolling through there. Don't be playing games. If you want to do that, go home sit on the couch. Did you think of that one? Yeah, but I thought about your question too, though, Alex, because I'm, this is my first morning set, and I took a picture right at sunrise. I want to see how many likes I got, man. Fair enough. I want to see how many people like it and comment on my posts. You know, is that not fair? Yeah, no, I, I it is wholeheartedly fair. But and I say that to myself. I'm not, yeah, oh, I'm not yeah, talking yeah. to anyone. I'm talking to me. Yeah, because I'm as guilty as anybody. When I get bored, I'm not seeing no deer. Grab that phone out. Post a funny video. Post a funny reel. Post whatever. Check what's going on on social media. I'm as guilty as anybody. But I'm saying it because I've learned my lesson in this. Because this has happened. I've had a deer come right in on top of him. I'm like, oh crap. There's a deer right in front of me, you know. It wasn't a buck of a lifetime, but it very well could have been. So you've you've put all this time and effort. You've spent tens of thousands of dollars over the last few years on sitcom, I mean, on all your gear. (laughs) And you've got all this stuff there that you're using, and you're wasting it looking at a at a picture on your phone, yeah. you know, or or watching a funny video. Well, and to touch on that, not even that, <laughs> not even missing a deer of a lifetime. Not to get too far off subject, but how much do you miss too when you're off? When little things, you know, watching different animals. I mean, you may be deer hunting, but it's neat to watch chipmunks do their things and squirrels of woodpecker fly in. You know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, squirrels. <laughs> I mean, it's neat to just take in the outdoors. That's why you're there. So, but I'm just as guilty as everybody else. I get on. I, I will on say head. that the the filming aspect of it has made me more mindful of the woods because I want to film. Hey, last year, you and I were filming coyotes and raccoons in Illinois. Yeah. You know, we were taking the opportunity to film those birds and and looking at it. And I catch myself like, man, that's cool. That squirrel's running up through there, and I'm trying to get on him with the camera, you know, and I'm probably moving more than I probably should when I'm doing that, but you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm taking yeah. the time in there. Um, but that that's a big thing. Put put the phone down for me anyway. I had a, I had another one I was thinking about was um, figure out what you how you want to hunt. If you do you want to kill meat? Do you want to be a deer a buck hunter? Do you want to kill you know one fifty inch deer? Figure out what that is that you want to do. You you know, you're going to have to find, don't keep, don't be complacent either. Move around. Don't be scared to, to make a move on a deer, you know, and cause I've been guilty of that big time myself and I've said it before, but figure out what you want to hunt. You know, unfortunately you're probably not going to be able to hunt. I'm going to say certain parts of Georgia, not every part, but you're not going to be able to kill 150 inch deer in certain parts of Georgia. Right. So if you want to kill big deer, you may have to go out of state or figure out, just figure out how you want to hunt. And then base that off where you're looking for your lease. Stay in Georgia with me because we're going to go okay. out of state in a minute. <laughs> right. So, and, and I would I would say that, you know, maybe if you want to kill big deer, you go knocking on the doors like people do. Or maybe you just want to go shoot the breeze with some boys and hunt a couple weekends because you're limited with work. And you may want to take some freezer queens, get you a lease down in South Georgia or, you know, North Georgia where there's limited days. Figure out, you know, check your regulations. It'll tell you how many does you can take each month and that. So... I think that's a big one too. What do you uh what do you think about the fact that we get all kinds of I don't know what that is. It comes and goes. Sure. What do you think about the fact that um I've went out and I've decided to be a uh 
a, a big buck hunter and I don't want to kill anything, but my buddy down the street, he, he shoots a little one. Then I go knocking on him. I've, I've ruined that moment for him. Don't be a moment runner. And I, and I thought about that today. Don't ruin someone else's moment because it doesn't fit your narrative in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody's doing something different than what you're doing, that doesn't matter. It doesn't. It, and it, just because somebody shoots a 90-inch deer that I may not have shot, it doesn't matter. It's not my deer. I mm-hmm. do, Like you said, I don't own it until the tag's on it. So stop being judgmental of what's going on. I hear it all the time, and guys that have said oh i don't judge people and then the next thing you know they're commenting on a post like oh you shouldn't have shot that deer i mean we see it on all over social media don't worry about what anyone else is going to think do it for you and do it because you're happy doing it i think i think it's going away a lot though i think it is because people's bashing it so much i think that's i think that's slowly going away i thought i think it was a a new social media thing for people to jump on board and get controversy started but i think it's going away now i think there's so many people that only thing, only thing, controversy online now that I see is if you want to shoot a crossbow or if you're shooting a bow. A well and able body man is shooting a crossbow. Well, you know, so be it. By this, any, this, by any legal means necessary. We've yeah. said it time and time again. I yeah. don't care what you hunt with. If it's legal for you to hunt with it, hunt with it. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired of that whole that conversation. That's about drove me crazy. As of late, hearing people talk, oh, he shouldn't shoot a crossbow. He could shoot a compound. Maybe he don't want to. I mean, maybe you don't like to eat broccoli, but he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of that bashing side of it. I don't care what you use. Use it because you want to. I like to bow hunt. I enjoy bow hunting. Like you said earlier, we were watching a video. I love the sound of that arrow hitting a deer. That is nothing in this world that I like to hear in the woods better than a sound of an arrow hitting that. Whack! I mean, that smack just makes me... Woo! I can promise you this. You can buy a lot of crossbows a lot cheaper than you can a compound bow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and maybe that's all they can afford. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Maybe they don't have time. You may mention guys don't have all the time in the world off of work, and they're like, well, they shouldn't go hunting. Why? Why? They're gifted the same opportunities you are. <laughs> I'll get on a tangent wake about boats. this. Yeah, wake wake boats, boats. Yeah. I'll get started on that because I've heard very, very prominent people in the outdoor industry as of late bash people hunting with a crossbow well tough shit it's legal they're going to use it well and on the flip side of that uh, what you're saying don't bash people if you're a new onset hunter young or old don't worry about social media while you're trying to decide what deer you want to harvest either you know i've had this conversation with 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 caden and and other people that are going with us to the midwest this year you know for the first time if that deer walks out and your first instinct is to grab your bow shoot Shoot that deer and be yeah. happy about it. Don't worry about what I think. Don't worry about what, oh, I know Bubba on social media. He's going to blast me for shooting this thing. Block Bubba. Yeah. Shoot what <laughs> makes you happy, whether well, that's that, a spike or a 180-inch deer. But for but for being a new hunter, I think that's who that's who you choose to surround yourself with. Yeah. I mean, you, oh, yeah. you choose to surround yourself with people that's going to make fun of other people. You're going to do it no matter whose podcast you listen to. True. Next. <laughs> wake Next. boats. <laughs> yeah, wake boats. We'll get off of that. Um, my, my last and, and piece of that part of the advice train um, is if you are exhausted, the opportunity to be successful in the woods, know what you're going to do with that animal when you're finished with yeah. it. Whether it's taking it to a processor, nothing wrong with that. Field dressing that animal, be mindful that you have to know what to do with that animal when you harvest it. Don't kill it and leave it in the woods. 
don't just do it because you wanted to kill a deer. That's it's illegal. It's uh, not only is it illegal, it's unsportsmanlike. And and if I see somebody doing that, I'm going to make a scene and probably ruin you on social media. If I see someone leaving a deer in there, I promise I will do everything I can. You might whoop my ass, and that's very well all and good. But I'm going to make a scene about it. I'm going to make sure you understand, yep. or you never do it again. It, it's it drives me crazy because use as much of that meat as you can. Take the shoulders, take the hams, take the back straps, get as much meat as you can to use off of that animal and that you know how to process, learn it. And if you don't know how, spend your money and go to North Georgia Deer Process and Tyler and the guys up there will be more than happy to take care of you. They're located in Ball Ground, Georgia. They're close by. And I heard a guy the other day say, well, he's expensive. The quality is there. Go and see. You can go down the road over here and, and get, oh. Uh, I'll tell you what, go to go, go to the grocery store and pick up 50 pounds of <laughs> there you go yeah. there you compare go it. see how yeah. more expensive yeah. it is if and especially if you buy a bunch of sitka on top of that then you want to still complain about processes we just price. talked about not bashing people you know <laughs> we're gonna bash people with sitka. sitka have feelings too 80 percent, 80 percent of your harvest has to be has to be taken to be considered ethical yeah and i mean t- just know what you're going to do with that animal handle it properly Put it out there. Take care of the animal. Whatever you got to do, make sure you're make sure you're taking care of that animal. So, I don't I know. Think what's somebody's buzzing that. in on us. <laughs> I don't know what's causing that tonight. We've never had that happen here. Somebody's trying to get in on us. Um. All right. So we've went through the the diatribe of of in state hunting and learning how to hunt and and what we can do there. And there's there's a thousand different rabbit holes we could go down on each one of these topics but let's say i've spent the majority of my time hunting in the south i've hunted in georgia may have been over to alabama spent some time up in tennessee i've made the decision that i want to go to the midwest all right i want to go hunt illinois kentucky uh oklahoma nebraska why are you smiling like a cheshire cat sitting there i don't, I don't understand what you're what you're getting <laughs> you at there a piece of advice for this question um so what is uh well there, smiley what you got first and foremost what's the what's the first one that comes to mind for you make sure your wife is happy the other 11 months of the year <laughs> fair enough that's a good piece of advice um is that it <laughs> no that, I, I was just literally like inside my own brain thinking about that but uh first first piece of advice is is okay you've been hunting for a while you should have run you should by now have ran into other other people that have been to the midwest Talk to anybody that you can that's been out there and done it and and start start doing your own research. Don't expect them to drop you a pin right where they're hunting at. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh oh must be nice. Y'all get to go out there and kill them big bucks. <laughs> Four or five hearts. White bucks. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on that. Must have been nice when I was working all that overtime saving up while you and your family was down there at the Buffaloes eating on bash night every once of the week. Must be nice go out of town and kill deer. Way back here working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing that. That's kind of like them guys you run into at the store when you're going fishing on a Monday. Must be nice, boys. What was y'all doing all weekend? Y'all wasn't working. <laughs> well, but, there's there's a fine line between being nice and just horse you up your ass, though, too, Alex. Some people just tell you. Does he not know a good farrier? So, Nick's needing one installed. He, he's, it's about time Nick gets a Matt need, Wheeler, if you hear this episode, come over to the studio. We need you to stall a horse you and Nick. If anybody ass. knows a vac truck, Caleb, we'll have to get that vac truck up here and suck that thing out of Alex's <laughs> rear end. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I do think that there's a little, you know, people's 
joking a lot of times when they say that, but I think there's some people that they're not. Some people are not. Some, some people are. Some yeah. people are. Some people. Oh, are. it must be nice to go kill all them big bugs. Yeah. it yeah. is. It sure is. That's my answer. Now I'm not arguing with you. It is nice. You, you know the the problem is a stigma though. Why people say that? The people that kind of say it jokingly, but they really mean it. It's because they don't know because they haven't went and done it. So they automatically think, well, that probably that's ten thousand dollar trip. Yeah, that's a five thousand dollar trip. They just have that stigma that if you go anywhere and hunt other than your home state, you're automatically shelling out thousands, thousands of, of dollars. dollars. And it's just not the case yeah. if, if you do it. It's just putting the research in and time. But yeah, most people I mean, don't know. Most people don't want to don't take know. the time. There you go. To sit down. Bingo. And, and research it. People because it's and, and I tell you, and I'll be the first to admit this. You get on some of these websites and start searching um, license or start searching license fees or this or that. It's complicated. It's not just go on there and, and click this and click that and click that and boom, you're done. I mean, you really yeah. have to put some work in because they don't really make it as easy as I feel like that they should. Well, you've spent more time out of state than than any of us. You've been to more states in recent history than, than any of us. You've been to, to Idaho. You've been to South Dakota. You've been to Maine. Um, getting ready to go to Florida. We're starting down that pathway. And, and it, that goes, for example, right there. Prime mm-hmm. example, we've been trying to figure out tags for, for Florida in in an area, we finally found out some information, but you really got to take the time to do the research. If you're not willing to do that, might as well quit. What'd you find? You- I, I was on that last night, but then he's saying that. But you know, a lot of these states nowadays, um, I just had it pulled up here. Of course, you can't see it, but a lot of these states now, once you log, once you have a a login to a state, you basically just go put your last name, date of birth, and social security number, and it'll constantly pull your information up so you can go right there. But a lot of times to go read that information to figure out, you know, to navigate it, it's 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 kind of tough sometimes. Now, there are websites out there. I don't know all the websites, but there there is a lot of websites that will help you out to navigate that type of stuff. Yeah, it, there and, is. And, well, Nick Munt's got one, you right, know, to help him right. with that. That will help you out with that, that stuff. But just a normal person, I mean, again – I think you can do some research on your own, but if you're looking for help, again, always reach out to us. We'll be we'll be we'll be the best help we possibly can. Another person to reach out for advice, real quick, and and you've done this, and I know I've done this for Illinois, is stop being afraid of the DNR oh, and call the local DNR office to wherever you're going, mm-hmm. wherever you're going. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> to this day, to this day, I'm still friends with the lady I called in Missouri six years ago when you and I were going to Missouri. I called up there to that conservation office, got to talking to her. Her husband sent me a friend request on Facebook. They've got a joint joint Facebook account. To this day, I'm still friends with them on Facebook, and they still comment on stuff. And I just met them through a phone call to the conservation office. You ever make it to Missouri hunting? No, I ain't made it up there yet. Well, holler at us if you need anything. We'll be more than happy to point you in the direction. They're not the enemy. No, they're not. If you think They are to some of y'all, and you rightfully so. <laughs> Outlaws, <laughs> for sure. Well... You know, that kind of goes um, traveling out of state also can go into um, where you might be staying that people are not mindful of. And you guys are probably a good example for that this year. The the past couple of years, you guys have pulled a camper up there and people, where do I stay? Well, a lot of people nowadays don't know that you can get an Airbnb. That's right. And you can get them. You can get them from downtown or you can go way out of town. (laughs) (laughs) You you can be... (laughs) 
You can be in Mr. Nasty Town, or, or you can be in the backwoods where you ain't got no Wi-Fi like I was in Idaho. So, hey, that Airbnb we've gotten to the middle of the cornfield ain't ain't an interstate within twenty miles. I mean, so I mean, people don't people don't really know that either. Where can I stay, or how should I stay, or stuff like that? But there's there's a lot of outlets out there that you can go, and Airbnb is probably the best one. You're going to have to sacrifice time to plan these things. I could not. I wish I had a dollar. For every time Cody Watson and Alex Deboard have sat down and talked about what they're going to do next year, not even this year, what they're going to do next year, because we're already planning where we're going next year. We ain't even got through 2022 yet, but we're already looking ahead because we're constantly wanting to evolve and go somewhere new. We want to see new things. We want to experience new things. And people are all the time, they're like, well, man, where do y'all go up there? To the woods. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I I couldn't tell you how many pages of maps Cody and I sat and looked at, and we would literally sit and say, "Well, this looks like a good spot. Uh, let's mark this." Or, "Nah, this really don't look good, but we'll ride by there and see it from the road." Or, "We'll go put boots on the ground." You remember the first year we went to to Illinois? Um, Is that when y'all printed off those map quest pieces of paper and followed the map? Yes, we written no. Yeah, we no, had, I mean, we had we literally we had no plats. kidding we printed plats for the entire state them stuck all over the dash no we didn't have them on the dash we had them on the wall we were like you know those crime chasers yeah they were chasing deer we had pins on the wall and stuff was y'all throwing darts out like, let's go there yeah yeah basically <laughs> yeah. i mean we basically yeah. did like this looks like a good spot let's mark it this looks like crap let's not go there and we found ourselves going to these areas and we went up there and we walked in chiggers and ticks and everything for two days trying to figure stuff out and we spent I blew my knee out walking through a swamp. We crawled through. You remember those alders? Caden was with us. We crawled through alders on our hands and knees in a public land area. And a guy told us, y'all have lost y'all's damn mind if y'all think y'all are going to go in there and deer hunt. And what did you know it? We put a camera in there, and we had probably one of the biggest bucks we've ever had on camera walk through in that area. Didn't have no people. No, we did have a guy walk through there. There was a guy. How he got in there, I'll never know. But Or how we'd ever got a deer out of there, I'd never know. It had to have quartered it up. But... We took the time to do that, and you're going to have to spend those weekends instead of watching football, instead of going on vacation, instead of eating at Buffalo's every night of the week, you're going to have to spend the money and go and do the research. It doesn't matter where you want to go, just go. And we've said that time and time again on the show. If you want the opportunity, go get it for yourself. I'm not going to gift it to you. Sorry, I'm not. I've got some of my best friends in the world that ask me for, hey, man, I'm going up to Illinois to hunt. Can you tell me where to go? The woods. Sorry, I'm, I'm. I mean, I hate to be like that, but that's just the way I feel about we, it. We've got some new people coming with us this year that have asked us, Tyler. Is, what are you looking like, at me for? No, I'm just saying. It's like, hey, we're you know, and we haven't even showed them yeah. the map yet of like our hunt stand map or nothing. It's just no, and they're like, hey, can I get that hunt stand pen? I'm like, no, and I'll show you where to go on that. I mean, but you you got to understand, this is five cumulative years of research. And I'm not talking just sitting down a month before we leave. Hell, we've got a grocery list since June. I mean, we've literally had our suppers planned out for what we wanted to do. We're gonna eat yours. Just That's an example right. here while we're on while we're on the subject. You talked about Airbnbs. All right. We started looking at Airbnbs in the area that we were in. All right. We found one that we felt like was reasonable. Okay. That Airbnb is costing us what are you grinning about? 
I, I didn't. I didn't. Who booked that night? <laughs> me. Okay. Me. I'm about to say, y'all probably remodeling when you get up there. <laughs> We're not cut, relying on cut, him. Cut for corner any. and play some water lines. <laughs> yeah. you, you go on one bad trip. We got to cut firewood every night. The <laughs> there ain't no power at this one. Yeah. You got to go down the well and get water. You boys come on in here. We'll have your biscuit ready. God, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're talking about the uh, Birmingham World Deer Expo and the, the Airbnb that I found over there. It was in... Uh, he tried to kill us. It, it was in a rough part of town, and unfortunately, we learned our lesson on that, that I won't be the travel agent. <laughs> let's, say, let's say we got... We got catfished of Airbnbs. (laughs) Yeah, it looked like a great area. Yeah, yeah, we got catfished. Make Uh sure, but I've been to the one we're staying in in Illinois. I've actually driven to there, met the owner, actually. I mean, met him in the parking lot. Nice Mm. fella. May have permission on his property there, so we'll see what goes on. He owns 40 acres. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, the, the cost of it is exponentially less than what we would have paid staying in a hotel. Mm-hmm. It's actually not much more than what it cost us to stay in Cody's camper. And you talk fuel and everything else added mm-hmm. on top of that. So we've got a house to stay in. We've got a guy's place to stay. We did the research on that. You have to look in areas and, and gosh, any state you go to now, Airbnb or VRBO is something that they're available wherever you go. You don't have to have anything set in stone. Try something new. Go to a new area and try it out. I don't know. That's my that's my two cents on going out of state. Just go. I've said it time and time again. My my two cents is is build relationships. Don't be afraid to talk to that farmer at the gas station in a way that you're not riding around asking everybody for hunt. Just build relationships. You're not going to learn anything without building a relationship. Yes. You're exactly right. You can talk to farmers. We see them all the time up there riding down the road on side by sides. You get to talking to them. All of a sudden, next thing you know been seeing a giant over here blah 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 i mean they just get to talk in normal conversations well i i have i have been very very blessed with meeting amazing people wherever i've been whether it's been iowa uh, uh, florida alabama tennessee wherever i go i meet people some of the nicest people we've met are not not for gaining permission to hunt their property or anything else no. i may need something while i'm there i'm in that state for a week I may need a tire tool. I may need a jack. I may yep. need a 10-millimeter socket. I may need something while I'm there. And old John that I met at the gas station and talked to for an hour, he might have what I need. It may not be hunting permission. It Maybe it blossoms into that for the future. But what you need to do is, just like you said, build those relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not about it's not just about deer hunting, and, and a lot of people look at it that way. I have I have met people that I coyote hunt with, and a prime example, Brock, that don't I've met mention up there. his last name. People be searching his property. <laughs> they, 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 I'm not going to mention his last name. He don't like for me to talk to about him on here at all. But he has became someone that I genuinely consider a friend. Yeah. He invited us into his home. Caden and I went up there and stayed with him. We spent time with him, and we've we've been able to develop a relationship. And he told me the other day, and shout out to my boy Brock. I thank the world of you. You you call me a good. You call me a gob. You good old buddy now, and and, and it's great to hear because I love it because we spend a lot of time together, and we're gonna hammer on some goats, and that's a whole other topic right there. We saw a deer carrying. You need to post that on social media too. I'm going to uh, a uh, coyote carrying. What what are you grinning about? <laughs> I'm just thinking this Brock guy. I was going to tell Cody and Caden, y'all might should go ahead and 
get in good with this Brock guy. That way, when Alex goes up there and kills his big deer with that horseshoe up his ass, it kicks him off the land. Y'all can still hunt there. Yeah, I'm gonna work on that. Yeah, because that, that would probably this probably be the last year he gets to hunt there. Yeah, it will. 100. So that, he that may have he to backpedal and start finding a new place. Oh, well, that's all right. I've done it before. Yeah, go up there and kick that guy right in his shins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just thanks a lot. Pow. Yeah. Hey, you killed a 200. I've never killed a 200. Here you go. But we've developed a relationship to where he invited us into his home and let us stay there. But we should just sit around and talk. I mean, we talk about yeah. everything. I mean, and he told me the other day, he said, you know, I've wasted a lot of good opportunities to make friends, and I'm, I'm glad that I chose this one to, to be somebody to make a friend. So shout out to my boy. He's, he's become a great friend, and I hope to be there in the fall and be there in the winter. I'm hoping we can hammer on the coyotes. He's put a number out there, and I ain't even going to say it yet. He said that he thinks we can kill this many this winter, so – I told him I don't know if we can kill that many. I'm sure we can call that many in. I don't know how the shooting's going to be. I'm I'm curious on that. So, well, tell us the number. Thirty two. He said fifty. He said fifty. So, son, y'all better stock up. I got plenty of ammo. (laughs) Cherokee gun and pawn has been good to me on ammo. Three shots per coyote. You want to do over under bet right now, Nick? I'm gonna say fifteen. The three shots per coyote typically somewhere. What's the bet? If I what's the bet? I will say the line's fifty. All right, we'll say the line's fifty. You going over or under? How many days you gonna hunt there? There's no telling. You can I put may the be line there. at fifty. Lines at fifty. Mm-hmm. You don't want to say the you're under fifty. Mm-hmm. Oh, under. 100%. Lines, lines at fifty. I say you're under fifty. Okay, so what do you bet me if if I go over fifty? I don't know. I'll cook you a damn pot roast. How about thirty pack? Shop thirty pack. Fair. Shop thirty pack. That's easy. Okay. Over, over fifty in Illinois. Over fifty in Illinois. Fair enough. Get the line's work. at 50. Get to work. So how many bullets per cow do you think, on an average? One. I mean, if you're if you're shooting right now, you might get you <laughs> might get me. <laughs> no, realistically. I mean, is, me. it, is it probably two or three? No, I mean, it's usually well, average one. out. average out, you might be at two per coyote. Two's fair. Back in the day when ammo was cheaper, 12. Yeah. Cows, Cody, cows, Cody, <laughs> stop shooting, stop shooting. <laughs> I seen me and Cody miss a triple one night and burn both clips empty, and my eardrums are still ringing from that. You'll have that. What's the closing on this guy? Are we done? Pretty close. <laughs> you shouldn't have fed him that. That <laughs> my whole eyes getting heavy. What's the closing on this feller? Um, if you've got questions, ask. If if you've got a question yeah, about getting yeah, into hunting, no, ask. Don't be afraid. There's no to stupid ask. questions. Well, there are stupid questions, and you might get stupid answers from smart asses like you, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one in the calling the kettle. I'm the only one in the room. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in getting into a different type of hunting than what you've been used to, come see us. Mm-hmm. We'll be more than happy to talk to you about sticks. We'll be more than happy to talk to you about bags. Um, don't go and spend a fortune just to try something out because you'll be the guy that I'm buying equipment from online. I bought it from enough of them. Hey, I thought hunting was for me. Well, hey, I, I feel, like, I was, was for feel me. like I was towards me. Why? Because you told me today is making fun of me for buying stuff. No, 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 no. You made fun of me for spending money. Just like I was making fun of Cody for spending money. It's a train. Well, <laughs> I don't yeah. regret my expenditure. So I don't Do you regret anything you've bought? What's one? All right, here's a question we can close it out on. What's the one piece of hunting equipment that you've spent a ton of money on that you wish you wouldn't have spent any money on? A ton of money? Mm. Or that you've bought? What's a piece of hunting equipment? And you can name the brand for all I care. As long as it's somebody that's a sponsor. You can't, I, you can't say the Acorn Crusher. You already said that. No, no, no. I didn't <laughs> buy one of those. I just saw that. I've no. never had the Acorn Crusher. <laughs> What's one piece of hunting equipment? Uh, 
Tyler, you got anything in mind? Yeah, man, I know exactly what mine is, what I've wasted more money on out. than anything. Might be some ideas. Oh, I, I know what mine is, what I've wasted more money. Me personally, what I've wasted over the years, personally, now that I, some people are going to take offense to this, sent away spray. <laughs> God dog, you. That's what I was going to say. I've bought more bottles of that doggone spray, and when it rains, it feels like it's dripping oil off of it. <laughs> yes. I love that stuff. No, I'm... We want to get. We want to talk about ozone, right? <laughs> well, ozone ruined all my britches, so I can't say nothing about ozone. If you got stuff, what? Tell that. Tell that. That's a good thing to tell. So I don't know for all brands, but I know this for a fact because I I talked to a Sitka rep. Anything two thousand knocks everybody ninety nine percent of this podcast. <laughs> listen, out with that yeah. you could have just <laughs> listen, but I think it goes for a lot of brands from two thousand nineteen and prior. Anything you bought with elastic, whether it be bibs, whether it be under layers, anything like that, ozone will decimate that stuff over time. It will lose the stretch. Alex has got a pair of stuff that it ruined. My long-handled underwear would fit you now around the waist. Not around the legs, but around the waist would fit you now. That's how stretched out they are. He's looking at Caleb for everybody listening to this. (laughs) 2019 and newer, it's it's fine with ozone, but... Yeah, send away spray. I don't believe in it. I don't. I don't think that it's good to put any other moisture than you need to on your clothes. I think it just. Um, I don't like it personally. That's that's what I wasted my money on. A lot of it too. How about you, Tyler? Mine would probably be a lot of camo that I never wore. <laughs> okay, spending money on a lot of camo that I just didn't really need. I didn't have no sick of camo. But. Oh, really? You you make that sideways look at him, Mister No Bad. I believe you oh. bought you bought all that Nomad stuff. I did. Talk me into that, and it's just sitting out. No. Caden's second handing it. Caden's got it. Well, no, he'll be wearing Sitka next. You'll be passing that stuff down to him. He's already started buying. I his know. Own. After all that crap he taught when I went to Illinois, I ain't wearing that stuff. Making fun of Dad. Ha ha ha. When I'm Uncle Alex, making fun of Dad wearing it. Now he's begging you to wear it, ain't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. Two faced. I, I don't stand have... by your principles or fall for anything. <laughs> That's where I'm at on that with you. You ain't got one. I, don't, I can't think of one. What's one thing you've wasted money on? You've had to have wasted money on something you thought this was a waste of damn money. I don't think that I. Uh, mine, mine. I here's can, another one. I think mine was a Christmas present. I don't think I spent money on it. But I, I had one of those damn tree umbrellas. Oh, I love mine. Alex loves oh, it. I love my Kate tree umbrella. That thing's a lifesaver. <laughs> well, I went hunting in Illinois. Have you hunted in Illinois with it? What's the difference? No. I sat right on the side of a cornfield, dude, and it started raining, and the wind picked up, and it went, Well, flew it, right up, and it, it was done. It was toast. It blew right off of it. I've never used mine in Illinois. I left mine in the tree. Um, That tree umbrella saved my butt before. Now you will get a little damp with that. I think don't they're good for gun hunting. I don't. I don't think they're good for. Bow I'm hunting personally not going. If it's a downpour, I'm not bow hunting anyways. No, I'm staying. I, with the camp. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. take a risk of lo- yeah. losing a blood trail. I don't want to take the risk of losing the blood trail to ruining my equipment. We mm-hmm. got soaked out here. Was had we ain't gonna have no air compressor in Illinois to blow our stuff off with. But I will say this: I hunted in an absolute downpour in Illinois several years ago, and as soon as the rain quit, son, the deer was on their feet. I would have never made it into the sand without what blowing you, deer out. What was you wearing? I was wearing a Sitka jacket. It was the best. <laughs> it was the best rain suit I've ever put on in my life. That ain't no kidding. Now I I stayed dry as a bone. I was amazed. That Joker was as thin as a plastic bag, but I never got wet. I have listen. 
I have never negated the fact that that Sitka gear is probably the best equipment made when it comes to camouflage. I'm saying it now, but you will not see me pay $600 for a pair of bibs or $600 for a jacket. Whether you get a discount code from your buddy to use or not, I ain't paying for it. Sorry. That's just me. You sure you ain't got about 50 gadgets up there you've wasted money on before? And I've got a list of them I'm fixing to run down for you. <laughs> right. A list of them. Mine's probably, Still don't equate to one sick of jacket. I've wasted a lot of money on a bunch of grunt calls. Oh, I mean, wow. That's I've, a good I've one. I've bought yeah. grunt call after grunt call. So I've had, I still got probably seven at the house. But uh, if you're looking for a good grunt call, Look up old Richard Gunning. He's got a good one right Wicked now. Wicked hand game so, calls. Yep, yep. That's who I just went to, and I think this year's going to be a really good I, I've I've ran one for a lot of years, that Deer Society one. That, but i tell you what, that, that one sounds as good as any one I've ever had. So that's a good one. Did you think of one yet, Nick, or do you still still up in there? You know what mine is? And you're going, you're going to know exactly when I say this. Knives. Hunting <laughs> knives. I uh, have yeah. looked and looked and looked for a knife to make it fit any better into the profile than that old double-bladed case. It just ain't out there. Sorry. Nope, that's what's There's just bag. not a knife that I've ever found that will fit. Now, I will say something I've added to my list of stuff that is that bone saw. Oh, yeah. That bone mm-hmm. saw. And, and I never feel dressed a deer. We always cut around the butt. And split it down to that bone, and I never cut that bone, pulled the butt right back up to it when I gutted it. That's what I always done. And going to the Midwest, those guys using those T-handle bone saws and splitting that pelvis in two and splitting that breast bone all the way up. On a deer, you're not going to cape. Do not do it on a deer, <laughs> you're going to cape. If you're caping it, do not do it. Do not split it. But you can split a doe all the way to her neck, and you can get in there, and you hardly get any blood on you. So. I can't think of one, buddy. If I do, I'll come back to it. Well, that's I was trying right. to think Nick of something. I don't buy just, nothing like new, hardly, except for releases. I, I was trying to think of something that I just maybe slung out the window. Well, just for everybody's uh, opinion out there, if you've if you've got a uh, game hoist, or excuse me, a, a gear hoist that you use in the tree that comes up uh, that you lower your bow down with, if you're using uh, a rope or whatever it may be, talk about it outdoors is in development of a new uh, gear hoist. We're working on that now, uh, and uh, we're we're hoping to come out with that maybe in 2023 or 2028, somewhere around between <laughs> that time frame. Not really sure yet, but we've got the thoughts and the, and the wheels are turning on a new gear hoist. So we've, we know of several out there. We know what wins and losses and, and failures and, and successes that people's had with them. So keep in mind that for the future. If you got any ideas on that, if you hear this show and you, you think you of a problem you've had with it, let us know because we're working to – Research and development's coming soon. You got that old treble hook, don't you? <laughs> no, I've got, hey, I do got something. I need don't to break out one, one night. Yes, like, it's a claw. Gear I've got retriever? The, yes, I've got one. And so what it is, it's like if you ever used an old pair of log dogs, yeah. when you pulled up on it, it, it clamped tight. I've got one that's got these little spikes on it, and it's a little old bitty thing. You hook it on your thing like you drop your jacket. You lower it down, and you jerk it real quick, and it closes, clamps down, on it, and it'll pick stuff yeah, I've up. I've seen them. But you, you need one of those things like the uh, oh, the, do, like the Dollar machine? General yeah. arcade machine. <laughs> dollar General, they ain't got them at Dollar General. <laughs> every crackhead in the tri-state area'd be over there wearing out every quarter they got. Hey, that's a good idea. I'm going to Wallace and see if I can install one of them. Then people love my daddy will play. My daddy will play a hundred dollars win a damn teddy bear. I ain't kidding. You. He loves them claw machines. Loves them. That and them quarter machines. You know where the quarters get knocked oh, down? Yeah, slide. Yeah. I bet Jack likes them. No, he's a he don't want to look. He, he, 
He's a penny pincher. He ain't throwing a quarter in there. Man. Dad, well, my dad's a penny pincher. You know how tight he is, but he loves them claw machines. He still likes to gamble a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he just got back off a cruise. Up or down? Up. Well, he was he was down. He was up, and then he went down. He said a guy won like $200,000 playing blackjack on that cruise. Good, Good Lord. I bet he's set for life on them cruises. Yeah. I guarantee you they free, free, free. Mm-hmm. He was a professional gambler. Won that. Really? Yep. Yep. So, um, no, any other tips and tactics that you got, if you listen to the episode, make sure you drop them in the comments on any of the social media when you see this post come out. Please reach out to us, like we said earlier, if you got any questions, if we can help you out, if you're an adult alt scent hunter, if you're a child, if you got an idea that you want to get into the outdoors, we're going to ask you those questions just like any outdoorsman would. Make sure you properly answer them, and it will elicit future conversation for them to want to take interest in getting you to the outdoors. So anything else, Nicholas? Your I'm, belly's full. I'm good, brother. Cody? Nope, I'm good. All right, for everyone here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to thank our fine sponsors, uh, everyone that's involved with Talk About It Outdoors. We want to thank you for continuing to support us. Um, you know, if you've got a need for land, if you're a new hunter and you're looking for land, make sure you reach out to Cal Hardy. He's got a bunch available in it, and he can put you into another state if you want to get involved with him. If you're looking for feed in anything, way, shape, or form, if you need it for your hay, your hogs, or your horses, whatever you need it for, Go over and see our old buddy, Colton. He's a Cherokee feed, and he's got three stores. It's not just ball ground. He's got an Alpharetta and a Gainesville location. Make sure you go see him, and do not forget about Logan Severa. If you need to get your land cleaned up, go give him a call. He can clean it up. He's got a brush hog on the front. He can do everything, and if you get a deer knocked down this year, make sure Tyler Ridley's the first on your list to call. They're a great group of people over there, and I cannot forget all about our good buddies over at Cruiser Saddles. If you're interested in getting into a Cruiser Saddle, you can check out Nick's video online. If you've got one already and you don't know how to use it, reach out to us. We've learned a lot as adult onset saddle users because that's really what we are. are. And we're not talking about horse saddles. We're talking about hunting saddles. So for everyone here at Talk About It Outdoors, hey, thanks to Mark DeBoard for coming over and setting in for the first show. We didn't let him talk much tonight. We're going to get him on here and let him tell some of them old stories he's got. Maybe after deer season, when he's calmed down, he's a big hunter, you know, Nick. He's gone all the time. He hunts them hard, wide open. But uh, come back and be with us too. when you can. J.C. Simon, Backwoods Faith. Old buddy, he decided to come over. He's been over sitting in a chair. He's about to sleep, Nick. He is about, about to sleep. sleep. He only's got to do two people's jobs. <laughs> what you been asleep to? <laughs> oh, don't laugh, J.C. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Don't look at him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jordan, your boss, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for everyone here to talk about it outdoors come back and be with us when you can and remember smile as you go but don't forget mount the memories building the foundation of your life starts at the base and the stronger it is the better talk about it outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with united concrete and paving and the foundation of support they provide Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. A few years back, 
When an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Are you in need of a decluttering barn or garage slap full of stuff you just don't need? Or is your construction site needing a dumpster? Give our buddy Tony at Georgia Junk and Dumpster Rental a call. With services ranging from junk removal to roll-offs, Georgia Junk is here to help with any and all removal needs. If it's time to get that parking spot back or the boat needs a place inside, Tony and his team can surely assist. Servicing Cherokee, Cobb, Bartow, and surrounding counties, give them a call at 404-406-3501 or check them out on Facebook at Georgia Junk. Clean up the yard in short order with Georgia Junk. 